0: and understanding how keto is so effective in proving so many different conditions, from obesity, epilepsy, diabetes, infertility, MS, Alzheimer's, heart disease, to name a few. So take a step away from all the hype you've probably heard and roll up your sleeves with me and join me weekly to explore this living miracle that anyone can access. We'll talk science. We'll talk food. We'll explore its history and evolution to today, which is that the sheer wonder of the ketogenic way of eating has changed untold number of lives, unlike anything before it. And in case I forget to mention it, please join our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Okay, I'm taking you to my secret spot today because today is a very special day. Why is it really special? Because I have some liver pate right here that Judy had made, and I have some egg yolk crepes. And, you know, why do I show you this? Because I'm exploring the whole topic of uric acid. And right now, this is a paleolithic meal. I'm not saying I always eat paleolithic. It just happens to be both of these things. This is organ meat. Let's be clear. This is beef, not calf, liver pâté. We've, uh, Judy, cooked them up, blended them up. I love it. Put some onions in and spices and so nice. And these are egg yolk crepes. They can be waffles or anything. This is my snack. I just love this. So you're gonna watch me get these things together. I'm gonna get out a spoon, and I'm gonna tell you why I'm doing this in just a second. It's real straightforward. I eat like a slob, not always, but I'm gonna do that now since that's the only way I can figure out how to do it. And I spread the pate in in the crepe. It's not really a crepe, I call it a crepe. For those who know crepes, this is definitely not a crepe. And this is wonderful. This is my high choline, high whatever. It is just so, so good. Yet, I told you I had gout a couple times, and yet why am I eating organ meats? My gosh, I shouldn't be eating this, right? According to that. But the whole point of today's video podcast is that I'm going to show you, at least start to show you that gout and elevated uric acid is nearly an entirely an inside job. In other words, inside, this is outside. My diet mm, of delicious organ meats really has almost nothing to do. If I was really close and all the other things we're going to talk about, and I had this, maybe it would put me over to too much, you know, elevate my uric acid to the point that it's a problem. But really, it's not an issue. I don't have it every day. I'm lucky if I have it once a month. It's probably once every six weeks that I have a whole bowl of this and it doesn't last very long. Okay. So what I want you to remember is that we've talked about the three phases of gout increasing since the Paleolithic time, right? Another bite coming up. So the three phases. So we had Paleolithic 25 million years ago, and then we had the... Revo- the agricultural revolution, which was 10,000 years ago and the Fertile Crescent and the cradle of civilization and all that, and how sugar arrived to the Middle East, really six to 800 AD. So what happened from the beginning, phase one was from the beginning of agriculture, so we're saying that's 10,000 years ago, and animal domestication. And going forward, all the way up, let's call it 1000 AD to be simple about it, right? So what did they eat? Well, they had gradually more and more domesticated animals. So they had the pigs, they had the sheeps, they had the goats. Uh, cattle came from uh, India and pigs were semi-local. So that was it. What they didn't have, what they didn't have, they didn't have any fructose, really any fructose. It would be in honey, wherever they could find that. That'd be a, an extreme treat maybe they had some berries around, maybe some fruits. Fruits are pretty primitive back then. So if you, if you were reading the Bible, for instance, nobody was having a salad. <laughs> they didn't all get around to have a salad. They're always talking about breaking bread together, breaking bread together, because what they had was grains. They had grains. So grains are starches, okay? So starches are broken down, broken down to glucose only. Starches, so for 10,000 years, for the most part, they had starches. They had all sorts of breads, Maybe they can make whatever they called a cake back then. We had plenty of alcohol. We've been through the whole alcohol thing. So that's the setting for phase one. The worst thing that, that could cause elevated uric acid, so we're using gout because we don't know about uric acid back then, was alcohol and how alcohol is broken down in the body. The liver ends up making fructose. I skipped 15 steps, but I'll get into that later in, in the video portion of this. It got into fructose. That's where our fructose came from. Alcohol is a side product of alcohol, of really too much alcohol. A little bit's not bad. As Parcelsus said, you know, it's the dose that makes the poison. It's the amount that you have, not the thing that you have. Low doses of everything you can pretty much tolerate. When the dose gets too big for your ability... to break it down, to metabolize it, it becomes a problem. So here we are now, we are strictly on a diet of carbs, yes, but the carbs are starches. There really is very little in the way of leafy green vegetables. That was no proof of that, actually. It was starches, it was bread, matzah, if you will, flatbread, and so on. And that was it for certainly a number of thousands of years. And then they learned to ferment grains, which beer came along, all sorts of beer. We showed you how 5,000 years ago, how many different kinds of beer did they have in, in Egypt? All through the Mediterranean, beer was the thing. And actually it was, even went beyond that, the The Muslims, Islam brought it into distilled liquors, but that was again about 1000 AD. So we had wine, seven but that was about 7,000 years ago. So plenty of alcohol was flowing and starches, alcohol and starches. So the only source for fructose other than that dietary fructose, sometimes honey, if they had that at all, which is probably not much for the average person, maybe some fruit, not much for the average person, but it was their alcohol consumption was when it was metabolized by the liver to make it so it's not toxic, created fructose fructose then was either metabolized into glucose because that was a possibility. We've talked about that, right? So here you go. We had that pathway of if we have too much glucose, we ate too much breads, too much carbs, all only glu- glu- glucose, only glucose. Well, there was a relief valve. There was a pressure valve that could convert that to fructose to get the glucose out of the bloodstream, right? Because of, Glucose went too high, then insulin came in. And if it kept on being too high, then insulin got higher and you get what they call insulin sensitivity. But the escape valve was it can be converted to fructose. And from fructose, it can go off and be made into fat. It was like a one-way street if things got to be too much. So when the dose of carbs going to glucose got too much, it went over to fructose. Okay, good enough. Uh-oh. Then what happened? 1,000 AD sugar. Sugar specifically, we have to say sucrose because you could, sugar's used loosely. So sucrose is what showed up in the form of sugar cane, right? We talked about the Papua New Guinea, to India, to China, and so on and so forth in the Middle East, about 600 AD, and then up to Scandinavia and Europe uh, a couple hundred years later. But sucrose has that glucose And it came, and it came coupled with fructose. So now that was really the first bona fide high quantity when it started to get popular source of fructose. So now they had the glucose from all the starches, which was really all the preceding seven or eight thousand years, right, since the agricultural revolution. Now they had more glucose that they loved, and the fructose. So now the body's going, wait a minute. We got the alcohol that you guys are clear enough to figure out, and now we're having more fructose. Things are starting to fall apart. The frequency of gout, the drumbeat of gout and elevated uric acid is getting higher. It's a slow drumbeat at this point. So the first culprit was primarily excess alcohol coupled with enough carbs of the starches, which is glucose, right? So it piled on and now sucrose sucrose came in, which was more glucose and fructose. So that's why this whole thing is called fructose toxicity or this whole uh, theory of elevated uric acid, hyperuricemia, is based on fructose. Because fructose really didn't exist until the sugar cane came along, until sucrose came along. And boy, did it come along. They loved it in in China. They loved it in India. They loved it in the Middle East. And I told you about it, they made a whole mosque of sugar. That's how impressive it was. It was worth its weight in gold, literally. So that was phase two. Phase two was the alcohol making fructose. It was the sucrose coming 50-50 with fructose getting a bit too much. And the third phase is the phase we're living in right now of really the last 70 years. But I wanted you to understand that how can I dare, with a history of gout, how can I dare have liver pâté? And I love it. And egg yolks is not so much of a, uh, a grieving food, but putting these together, it it makes for a fairly high purine consumption, intermittent. But that's not really my concern. My concerns are the other ones. Phase two, there's the sucrose. Phase three, phase three is the alcohol oils. It's the antibiotics. And the last the last piece of all this, right? The last 70 years is phase three. So that what came there was the antibiotics, which is in all our food and the animals and so on and so forth. We've talked about that in this video up here. We have high omega-6 because grains from the agricultural revolution became so popular, you had high omega-6, very little omega-3 and the alcohol uh, sugars made for even more, went down the same pathway as fructose, the same pathway as alcohol and kept on creating more endogenous purines. And so it's an inside job from the alcohol to the uh, fructose, from the sucrose to the additives now in our foods of the, of the antibiotics and the alcohol sugars and the high omega-6. So there's even more to that in this last 70 years. The last part of the last 70 years that is perhaps as critical as everything I've said so far is the deficiencies that we have because of this overnutrition, because of processed foods and everything else. And that has three things, three things that are we'll talk about and get into the research later, that is vitamin D deficiency directly elevates uric acid. Omega-3 deficiency directly. And how does, when I say directly omega-3, omega-3 allows, omega-6 keeps in. When you have high omega-6, it keeps in the uric acid and doesn't allow it to be excreted. Omega-3 does just the opposite. It allows it to be excreted. So it doesn't make purines. It just doesn't allow the purines to be excreted. That is the omega-6. So when we're omega-3 deficiency and omega-6 high, we have a problem. We have a big problem. Vitamin D deficiency, vitamin 6 excess. And the last one is vitamin C, vitamin C. You go, well, wait a minute, how, how, how can anybody have vitamin C? I don't see people walking around the streets here with scurvy. I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think so that's so true. Well, it's low-grade population-wide, cultural, unless those people take vitamin C and they're smart enough to have that, most people actually don't take very much in the way of fruit. Most people don't take much in the way of supplements that they need. So we have an ongoing vitamin C deficiency. And so vitamin C is another one that basically the deficiency keeps the uric acid from being excreted. So we start adding these things together. It makes perfect sense that we not only have gout, which is a low level correlation of uric acid. But the biggest concerns for elevated uric acid are the cardiovascular, the cerebrovascular, the Alzheimer's, the dementia, it goes on and on. So fructose is a big key with this. But it's not the only story. If we were just having starches, if we were just having sucrose, that was all our diet, which obviously is not the case for really anybody, that would be a problem. But what has happened and has escalated in the last seventy years, and this whole series I've been doing on uric acid is about why do we have so much concern now with the elevated uric acid, why do we have cognitive decline why do I have? Alzheimer's screaming off the charts. Why do we have cardiovascular cerebrovascular, and all the other things, and diabetes, and obesity, all the other things that are associated? Well, the reason we have that is because we've now piled on the other things that either don't allow us to excrete uric acid or create more purines endogenously by taxing the liver. So there you go. That's the long story of all this. And the pieces need to be sort of put out there and discussed. So I'll get back to my pâté, my Paleolithic snack, and talk to you next time. Hi, this is Dr. Goldkamekin for a brief reminder of something I completely forget to do at the end of every episode. You've heard me talk long enough and many different episodes. But what I would love you to do, and many of you have already done this, I just wanna reinforce this particular behavior, which is to send me your questions. Send me your questions and anything you have about keto. If there's something that I don't know, I will look it up. And if it's something that intrigues me, I will probably make an episode uh, a podcast about that particular topic. So, what you need to do is to send me your questions at Dr. at ketonatropath.com. So that's D R G O L D K A M P at K E T O N A T U R O P A T H dot com. Dr. Goldcamp at ketonatropath.com. Feel free to join our Facebook group, which is also ketonatropath.com. That's been growing lately. You also have to answer a questionnaire should you choose to join. And I don't ask for your email. I ask that you follow our terms. I try to avoid uh, advertising and uh, the obvious interruptions of just a good Facebook group. So hope to see you at one place or other. Please send me your questions and uh, look forward to talking to you and getting to know you. Take care.